0: This is a warning, sugar. You're about to listen to the masters of the obvious. But I'm going to keep it real with you, my sweet babies. These mamas ain't masters of shit. It's just two stone-cold foxes and their feminist agenda. But if you dig sexy things like interviews down by the fireplace, talking nerdy and little double entendre, keep on keeping on because they're about to lay it on you. Right on.
1: and welcome to the 15th episode of Masters
0: of the Obvious. I'm Kirsten Bozio. And I'm Cynthia Rose. On this episode, we have artist Ariel Hart on to talk about shitposting, Lisa Frank, and how quickly things spread on the internet. And Kirsten and I discuss nerd news, new comic releases, and give our no-nuance November hot takes. But first we'd like to remind you to go to mastersoftheobvious.com. We have a ton of merch for sale. And if you'd like to support this pod by taking advantage of free shipping in the U.S., well, we really appreciate you. And hey, you should hop in my Millennium Falcon because you've been looking for love in Alderaan places. That's so Hoff. You can check out our shop and show your support at mastersoftheobvious.com uh cynthia yeah
1: i'm at the edge of my seat i need to know what you've been up to for last week
0: oh god well i threw my back out because i'm an old lady so that was fun that is fun currently and i watched the complete queen's gambit like it was like a mini series i guess that looks so delicious it was so yummy (laughs) <laughs> it was yummy.
1: I love the actress, but I've also um heard in all my mid-century Facebook groups about how
0: beautiful it is, so I'm pretty excited for it. It's amazing. I really 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 enjoyed it. Really uh, a lot. I'm also really uh excited and I, I mean, obviously, this isn't what I did the last week, but I'm just looking forward. I'm very excited about the the Fresh Prince reunion. And for no good goddamn Aww. reason, it's not like I'm the biggest Fresh Prince fan. But I saw a video about the reunion and I'm just really excited about it. Did you see that? It was like a fan
1: video. It was supposed to be like a gritty reboot of Fresh Prince. No. Oh, my God. I'm going to send that to you. If, if you guys haven't seen it, please Google that because it's amazing.
0: All right, so what have you been up to?
1: I just dyed my hair a snot green. Love it. I'm feeling like a toxic Avenger. Um, (laughs) And man, just like just getting through online school with my kids has
0: been a whole task within itself. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's, uh, (laughs) It's another job. Speaking of the coronavirus, it's just come to my attention. That Dolly Parton has given a shit ton of money for a vaccine. I guess we have Dolly Parton to thank in part for us getting close to one or having one right now.
1: I love that so much. She's a coat of many colors. That Dolly Parton,
0: fucking a she. I mean, every single time news comes out about her, I am constantly impressed at how she is always on the right side, always. <laughs>
1: I just saw this non-binary person say that uh, Dolly Parton is female to female trans person.
0: Of course. Yes. Let's
1: just take off our shoes and our socks and dip our toes now. into some warm
0: nerd news. Bold of you to think I wear socks.
1: <laughs> it's bold of you to think I own socks. So let's start with Marvel. Okay. Well, it's official, Cynthia. Yeah. The Internet's worst Chris, Chris Pratt, is going to appear in the upcoming MCU film, Thor Love and Thunder.
0: Okay, I mean, the thing is, is that I'm not I'm not surprised that Mm -hmm. he's and I'm not even shocked or offended. Like, whatever. He is Star-Lord. We're not going to get a new Star-Lord. Like, no, we're not. It it would be silly to think that we were going to get a new Star-Lord.
1: Yeah, and it makes sense, the tie-in between Thor and Star-Lord. We saw a relationship budding there, so...
0: Yeah, that Asgardians of the Galaxy.
1: It's a it's a Taika Waititi film. He, he's going to want maximum humor in it, and that's right. the guy for it. So it'll star Chris Hemsworth, obviously, in the title role, and he'll be joined by Natalie Portman, who's going to be reprising her role as Jane Foster. And I'm fucking stoked to see her take on the mantle of Thor. I'm ready. My body has been ready and waiting. In addition, we'll also see Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie and Christian Bale in an unspecified role. Huh. Yeah. Sounds really interesting. So, And Taika Waititi will, will perform the role of Thor's Cronin BFF Korg, which... Aww. Thank God. I haven't looked forward to an MCU film like this in a while.
0: Okay. I mean, I'm still looking forward to... Black Widow. I am and I'm not. I swear to you, every day Max asks me, so when's that new Black Widow coming out? Every day. <laughs> I'm like,
1: dude, I have no control over this. Max is the world towards the MC right now. So when's it coming out? <laughs> and you have to make up something, which is what they've done. I mean, I love David Harbour, so I'm excited for that. I do love the character of Black Widow and it's, you know, an improvement that Joss Whedon isn't directing it. Yeah. So it should be all right. And we got Florence Pugh. Pugh, Pugh. <laughs> How do you pronounce her last name? I thought it was pure. <laughs> Um, I'm just not getting any better at these names, I swear. So why don't you get the next piece of news?
0: Ah, yes. So Philip J. Woodward graced us with his Photoshop. He gave us Raul Coley as Reed Richards. And I have, I want this so bad. I want this so, so bad. I just would love to see, because
1: the Fantastic Four are the first family of Marvel. And it would be cool to see a POC, the head of that household. I guess that's a little Christian of me to say that the man's ahead of the household. But you know what I mean? It's just nice to see that.
0: Last night, I watched the Fantastic Four movie for the first time. 2015 Fantastic Four movie. And I tried to watch the first one as well. The one from, I don't know, the one with Jessica Alba. (laughs) I couldn't, I could not get through it. Like uh, Chris Evans as the uh, Human Torch. Yeah, yeah. It, his dude bro human torch like snowboarding <laughs> like didn't he
1: actually have oakley sunglasses at some point too? it was
0: no, i don't even know i didn't get that far like when he and maria menudo were like flirting and like it was so beyond bad i i couldn't continue <laughs> but i did watch the 2015 one mostly because uh, my son max is so obsessed with the fantastic four because we finished the lego marvel superheroes game and Mm -hmm. he loves Human Torch, and he loves all the Fantastic Four, and he doesn't really know anything about them, and I don't have any Fantastic Four comics. So I was like, well, I mean, this would be an easy shortcut. Like, I'd just show him the movie. And as I turn it on, I see, because it tells you, when you turn on these movies, it tells you what their rating is on Rotten Tomatoes. 9%. (laughs) So you knew you were in for a ride. I knew I was. And, you know, Michael B. Jordan as the Human Torch was great. And it's funny how mm-hmm. both human tortures from both of the movies end up in the MCU in other ways.
1: It's like they ca- they seem to cast that fine than everyone else trash.
0: Oh my god, I hated their Reed Richards and I I just I I just it was I mean the movie obviously was flawed, 9%. Did mm-hmm. I think it deserved 9%? Not really. It was bad, but it wasn't like it wasn't as bad as the first one. <laughs> okay, I haven't watched the new one, but I do remember when the,
1: the old Fantastic Four movies came out and liking them just because I didn't have anything to compare it to. It was a very different time because at, at that point, we had like X-Men, you know, the first rendition of X-Men. Then we had the first rendition of Spider-Man.
0: So the bar was low. It was, I mean, watching Reed Richards stick his hand under the door to unlock it and the cheesy animation, like, I just, I couldn't do it. It was so (laughs) fucking bad. But having said that, I did watch the documentary um, Doomed, which is a documentary on the uh, 1994 uh, Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie. Oh, wow. And that was very interesting and very fun to watch. I'm sure, Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's definitely the first one. Seems to be a product of its time. I'm interested to see how they tried to improve upon it. I mean, so the visuals were them. great. The the story was lacking, in it and it was. I heard that the wig was great too.
0: The, she does wear a wig at a certain point in the movie, and of course, it takes me out of it every time. A bad wig will take me out of a movie every fucking time. I believe those are reshoots too. Yeah, it's you could tell.
1: Well, that kind of leads in perfectly to our news about Kate Mara. She told Emmy magazine that she had a horrible experience on Fantastic Four. And part of it was the result of power dynamics.
0: Sorry, is that, is that indicative of why, you know, her Sue Storm wasn't even on the mission where they went to the other dimension? You know, I wonder, I,
1: I think what she's saying is true, but I also wonder if she's trying to distance herself from the shit show that is that movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And quote, she said, Have I not gotten along with a female director? Absolutely, she explained. And was it not the greatest work experience? Sure. But there was never a time I felt this is happening because I'm a woman. Where with male directors, it 100% was only happening with me. It was a power dynamic thing. Okay. So that's not great. But yeah, I, I think where I stepped away from it, like you said earlier, I couldn't watch it just because I heard that Sue doesn't even go on the mission that gave them superpowers. <laughs> I was like, you know, not my cup of tea. Cause I already have beef with a fantastic four. And I, I talk about it frequently. If I ever feel like I'm, you know, the feminist in me is wilting away. I just pick up an old Fantastic Four comic book and see like what trash they treat Sue Storm as. I mean, she's the invisible woman. She's a perfect woman. You can't see her and only see her when you want to. She doesn't talk. They always are telling her to shut up. And, other, and otherwise good comic book aesthetically. I love the Doris Day hair. They just had to ruin it for me with all the misogyny. Yeah, so it's just kind of flawed from the beginning for me. And the fact that my father-in-law loves it really, really says a lot.
0: But in other news, in an interview with an Argentine newspaper, Black Panther executive producer Victoria Alonso said that Black Panther 2 would not use a digital double of Bozeman. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> in a quote, no, there is only one Chadwick and he's no longer with us. So sadly, our king has died in real life, not only in fiction. And we're taking a little time to see how we continue the story and how we honor this chapter of what has unexpectedly happened to us. I mean, that seems like a good move. It was
1: a little bit clunky when they did it in Star Wars with Carrie Fisher. Um,
0: Yeah, but I'm glad they did it because I think it would have been yeah. weird if they hadn't.
1: I can't imagine a
0: good scenario where they did this in Black Panther. No, I'm glad they're not doing it. It's the right move. Absolutely.
1: Um, and other news, we found out that Stacey Abrams
0: is a buffy nerd. As if it was possible for me to love her anymore. Ugh.
1: It's it's impossible. And just a sidebar for a second, we also found out that she was a supernatural fan. We could have our first nerdy black woman for president. Um, weighing in on this angel spike debate. To be fair, Angel was the right boyfriend for Buffy coming into her power. Spike was the right man to be with as she became the power. Yes, and I agree with only one ex- exception, yes, of course, the seeing Red episode where he attempted to rape Buffy <sighs> and i i I get a little creeped out by Spuffy stance on the internet because I feel like part of the appeal of Spike is that specifically that it's so complicated really and i yes i mean i feel like they were a better pair and i feel like um spike was more dynamic and angel was pretty one note yeah i'm not a big and so that's kind of where i come from with it like it's just more fun but i don't like it in like a sadistic sort of way yeah feels a little creepy but um i love that allison hannigan who plays willow waited on it too she said actually buffy should have dated willow obviously and yeah. it's canon the only the only thing i can think of to debate that is like oh well what if buffy isn't interested in girls wrong and the comic book she is so it would have been a very
0: nice relationship. We wouldn't have gotten our Dark Willow, though, but it, was, it would have been good. Well,
1: we could have got, it, got her after. Honestly, we could have gotten Dark Willow after Buffy was murdered for, like, the umpteenth time. <laughs>
0: <We> okay, <could laughs> <have> gotten <laughs> several
1: Dark Willows. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. You're going to love this one. Mm-hmm. The million, this is in quotations, of course, MAGA march that took place in Washington this past week. Providing a lot of entertainment for everybody uh, were two protesters in costume, one dressed as Joe Biden in a prisoner uniform, the other being held by the other, which was a man in a Trump mask dressed as Homelander from The Boys. The irony is not lost on me. What about you? It's
0: perfect in its awfulness.
1: Um, Showrunner Eric Kripke tweeted an image of the duo saying, um, are they actually watching the show? <laughs> yes they are and they really identify. <laughs> they really identify. Yeah. I mean, there was there's such a such an obvious correlation between Homelander and Trump. It's it's ridiculous. For for the satire to be lost on Republicans does not surprise me, but it does entertain me. While we're on the topic of rich idiots, Elon Musk got owned for his bad science, more specifically his coronavirus dumb hot takes. People are now dubbing him Space Karen. He tweeted, something extremely bogus is going on. Was tested for COVID four times today. Two tests came back negative and two came back positive. Same machines, same test, same nurse. Rapid antigen test from BD. And of course, an actual doctor weighed in and said, rapid antigen tests trade sensitivity for speed. They return a result in less than 30 minutes, but can only detect COVID 19 when you're absolutely riddled with it. What's bogus is that Space Karen didn't read up on the test before complaining to his millions of followers.
0: I hate Elon Musk so fucking much. I, what I mostly hate about him is that everyone thinks that he's so smart when really he just got money from daddy, like somebody else we know, and fucking bought out these science companies and these companies with a bunch of, um, you know, great technology, with which he had no hand in whatsoever. Mm-mm. And people nope. are just like, but he invented this. No, he fucking didn't. This man is a moron with money. <laughs> and that seems to be more and more prevalent in today's society the morons with money shout like fucking firing off their mouths on twitter and being fucking idiots and just perpetuating their dumbness and spreading it like a fucking disease
1: well yeah because people assume that a successful person has some sort of credibility or intelligence which is not always the case as we
0: found out it's rarely the fucking case especially when it's inherited fucking money these people don't they don't have to be smart. They're rich.
1: Oh, they money done brain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, anyway.
1: I will forever applaud Dr. Emma Bell for blessing us with the term Space Karen.
0: It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> he is a total space fucking Karen. Only a doctor could come up with that. Let's see some
1: little Star Wars news. Let's see what we really care about. <laughs> Gina, our best bud, really, really a stand-up lady, Gina Carano, continues to spew anti-mass rhetoric on top of her decision to mock trans people, and is now jumped on the voter fraud train. Fuck
0: this lady. Seriously.
1: (laughs) She plays Cara Dune and couldn't be less like Cara Dune in real life. There's no way that she's part of the Rebellion in real life. But she fired back at Twitter users who are trying to cancel her, you know, get her fired from the Mandalorian by asking her real fans to join her on the Parlor app. Is any of this shocking? No. Is it noteworthy? Yes, because she does have a pretty big role in the Mandalorian and the things that she's saying, I mean... You know, voter fraud and even
0: transphobia aside, you know, the anti-mask shit actually hurts people. It's dangerous. And I wouldn't want to work on a fucking set with someone who was an anti-masker. Oh, yeah, there's that, too. I mean, no one's going
1: to her for scientific advice, but there are people who do look up to her and do take her word as gold. So irresponsible. This is your favorite thing to happen recently, isn't it?
0: What is John Oliver? Oh, God. <laughs> I, mm, the season finale of what is it called? Last week with John Oliver. Mm-hmm. Fucking gold. That bit with Kylo Ren.
1: Ooh. His desire for Adam Driver to step on him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that whole bit was so fucking good.
1: I can't do a British accent, but collapse on my chest, you impenetrable barrier. <laughs>
0: and he actually he actually showed up to shame him, right? To kink shame Oliver. Yeah, he was basically like, you know, you got to stop doing this, like blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, it turned into him. You know, John being like, are you, are you commanding me to stop? <laughs> are you...
1: What a national treasure. It
0: was a beautiful fucking bit on that show. And then and then he blew up 2020 and it was it was beautiful.
1: Um, so
0: let's talk
1: about Mandalorian season two, episode three, the heiress. Yes. This is spoilers, obviously. So it was very interesting. And it got a lot of reactions. What is that? Do you think that Baby Yoda had a redemption arc at all in this episode?
0: I feel like he saw the what you know what the eggs turned into and was just like oh this is a friend like you know yeah
1: frog lady and her husband are saints
0: they babysat they babysat baby Yoda which was hilarious because when he was going off on the mission my husband was like well where are you gonna leave the baby. <laughs>
1: Such a, a parent would think about that, though. But like, how did we end up? How did we end up needing a babysitter? Well, obviously, they
0: went on a fucking boat with some calamari. Yeah, some they calamari. were strangled by some Pirates of the Caribbean monsters,
1: basically. Right, It's Davy Jones and his
0: fucking seafood platter friends. And of course, they're the the Quarren, I believe. They, which we saw them in Return of the Jedi. We've seen them before. Mm-hmm. They're swindled by these pirate guys, and Mando gets and baby Yoda gets saved by a trio of fellow Mandalorians. Yes. Led by fan favorite Bo Katan, Katie Sackoff. Did you ever watch
1: Battlestar Galactica? No. She was the best part. Easily, easily. But there was a, a plot twist here is that they take their helmets off, unlike Mando.
0: Yeah, so we learned something interesting about Mando is that he is a member of a separate extremist cult. Yikes. And that he could absolutely take his helmet off. That not taking it off is not the Mandalorian way. It's just his cult's way. This is like me growing
1: up Christian realizing I could have been a slut this whole time. Yeah. But yeah, she we know her from uh, from Clone Wars and... Now she's trying to begin her quest to regain control of the Mandalore. By getting her Darksaber back. By getting her Darksaber back. Um, We also got Koska Reeves, played by a WWE star, Sasha Banks. Yeah. Which is fucking rad.
0: And our mutual friend,
1: Samantha Ward, did her makeup. She did. I was going to mention that. And then we get a guy. We're not even going to talk about him. But the ladies, oh my god. God. Do we need Cara to come back? Absolutely not. (laughs) We're fine. It's great. There was a little bit of a controversy online, but you would find it a non-troversy, right? It's a non-troversy. The only reason why I want to bring it up, because this is somebody who I usually agree with. Her name is Anita Sarkeesian, most known for the Gamergate scandal. She got a lot of harassment for that. But she runs the the media platform on YouTube. They have podcasts as well called Feminist Frequency. And I actually really, really love a lot of her takes on things and her essays. There's a lot of video essays. But I don't agree with her. She got mad about the, the boob armor that, you know, why why do they have a different... Why do the women have a different armor than the men? Yeah. And, you know, there could be an argument made on either side, like maybe it's not necessary because a lot of like real combat armor doesn't accommodate for boobs. But then again, a lot of the armor is made for men, although it's worn by women, a lot of larger chested ladies and and. Other identities would be in a lot of pain getting it smashed in, which is actually why a lot of uh, even the military is developing more accommodating armor these days. So I don't it's actually kind of progressive in a way because it's yeah. not sexualized. It just looks like it accommodates it appropriately.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's even worth discussing. I think that they had armor that fit them. I don't think they were hypersexualized. I don't think it's a thing. But
1: boy, when you showed me that, though, I went off on a fucking rabbit trail. Because then I was, like, comparing, you know, her character in Clone Wars to the, you know, the Mandalorian. And yeah, there is more of a chess profile in the Mandalorian. But she's also
0: younger in the other show.
1: Yeah. But I mean, she's old enough to have boobs in the show.
0: She's definitely considerably older in this one.
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, the fact that I had to look up Bo-Katan's boob profile really tells you <laughs> how much I try to research before I t- talk shit about things. Um, but I do my due diligence. You um, do.
0: And Mando helps her take down some really intense Empire dudes.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, it got very Dune, too, with, like, this the suicide bite down. Yeah. But I think the most exciting part about this episode, aside from, you know, getting our fan favorite, is, another, is the introduction of another fan favorite.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yes. I mean, the fact that we're getting Ahsoka, Anakin's one. Oh my god!
1: And, and I heard rumors that Rosera Dawson is supposed to be playing her. Yeah, pretty much that's... Who we should expect. And then, I mean, it's I think it's okay that we side note a little bit about Rosaria Dawson because she's in an ongoing court case where a person called Daedric Finley accused Dawson and her mother of workplace discrimination after Finley finally came out to Dawson's family as a trans man. Yikes. <laughs> there's this, there's this, there's a lot going on with the cast of The Mandalorian.
0: Yeah, shit.
1: We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I just like the way that, like, where the show is heading right now. Comics time. Marvel Voices, number one. Marvel Voices, Indigenous Voices, number one. I posted some of the comic book art on our socials, and ooh, yeah, it's a good one. Spider-Woman, number six. Widowmakers, Red Guardian, and Yelena Belova, number one. Catwoman, number 27, Teen Titans, number 47, Red Sonia, number 21, Vengeance of Umbrella, number 12. Big Girls, number four. For the love of fucking God, if you're not reading Big Girls, stop what you're doing and get the first four issues right now. 20XX Volume 1, Paper Girls, Book 3, Deluxe Edition. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Willow, number five. Lumberjanes, number 75. You Look Like Death, Tales from the Umbrella Academy, number three. And of course, Saving the Best for Last, King Tank Girl, number two. I don't know if you heard, Cynthia, but it's
0: No Nuance November. No Nuance November. I love it. I love not explaining myself. It's my favorite. Yeah, just
1: say your hot takes and without contacts and run.
0: <laughs> Would you like to go first?
1: I can go first. I, I'm going I'm starting in hot. Coming in okay. hot. Body positivity isn't perfect. It's still toxic positivity. And it feels like another way to police how people feel about their bodies.
0: Hmm. Stop traveling. <laughs> especially to remote places with limited hospitals and postpone your fucking weddings
1: gee i have no idea what you'd be
0: talking about
1: men are just butthurt over captain marvel because she's way more powerful than their favorite male superhero nice brie larson is still the best and only good thing about scott pilgrim i'm not even gonna acknowledge that bisexuality and pansexuality is the same thing mm. oh that's a spicy take.
0: Wow, that's a really good Italian. Thank you. Here's my hot take. Kirsten can't do an Italian accent. Um, (laughs) You should not be able to make any long-term decisions before your frontal lobe develops fully at 25.
1: Is it 25? I thought it was 24.
0: No kids, no marriage, no contracts, no student loans, nothing.
1: Well, you're going to erase a lot of my existence away by doing that. (laughs) Not all divergence
0: from the source material is bad. Crunchy peanut butter is disgusting and also useless. <laughs> to see peanuts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Libertarians are just edgelord Republicans and Ayn Rand wasn't even a good writer, mm. let alone a good person.
0: Uh, social media blackouts are performative and largely ineffective. Ooh.
1: How about that uh, most, put an asterisk, most family bloggers are violating child labor laws.
0: Police only exist to protect private property.
1: Okay, how about this? Hmm. Trade paperbacks are the superior, more accessible form of comics. Voting should be required by law. Like in Australia, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There are a million reasons to criticize Donald Trump and Melania. Fat shaming and slut shamings are not it.
0: Ghostbusters 2 is a superior film to Ghostbusters 1. And Ghostbusters 2016 is better than both of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But <laughs> the dust are taking over dogs aren't a personality trait. Mm. Oh, OK. Hating
0: cats is rooted in misogyny.
1: Being a nerd is objective and it
0: doesn't make you better. Hmm. And I'm going to end on a light note. Big chips are better than regular chips. <laughs> You've already said that one. Nope, just to you in private. Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> I feel I'm being very assaulted by this hot take. I go to sleep, about to fall asleep, and then I hear, baked chips are better than regular chips. And I'm like, fuck.
0: <laughs> the presenting sponsor of Masters of the Obvious is us. us. Producing a podcast is expensive, but you can keep this thing in business. Mastersoftheobvious.com has all your Motopod merch needs. Need a hoodie for these crisp fall nights? Need a mug for that piping hot tea you serve? Need an oversized shirt to literally live in for the next month? Well, we have the perfect place for you. MastersOfTheObvious.com. Buy merch, be a hero to these needy nerds.
1: Ariel Hart is first and foremost a fucking babe. She is also a talented artist, gardener, and grade A shit poster.
2: Welcome to the show, Ariel. Hey, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm
1: so stoked. Um, <laughs> I want to hear what you've been up to during these quarantine times. That's a great question.
2: Uh, you know, I'm, it's hard to tell people that you're having a good year during an objectively bad year. Like things have been like after that initial panic. And I think we talked right mm-hmm. when that was setting in, like after that kind of numbed out. Like things have been fair, like work has been really consistent. Uh, if you can imagine, like animation didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, I, I love, I love uh, nesting and being at home and being alone a majority of the time. I did find like the bottom of like the well of my introversion, I think. But oh yeah. Uh, aside from that, like it's, you know, I haven't been doing anything. I haven't been bettering myself. And I haven't been getting that much
1: worse. I was was thinking about checking in with you even earlier, but I was like, she should be who I'm least worried about. Like, how has her life
2: really been affected?
1: (laughs) What I find most fascinating about you is that people may not be familiar with your name, but are familiar with your work, especially if you're on the internet a lot like me. You create gifts, imagine products like the Simpsons emojis and a divine poly pocket and my favorite which is trolling lisa frank you had a set of lisa frank tarot cards go viral a lisa frank mashup with tiger king so timely and a lisa frank grim reaper can you like tell us about how you got into making these things and what it's been like
2: i initially uh i think probably a couple years ago i guess maybe 2015 uh uh, the, the japanese um I think it's the Japanese American museum. There's a, like in little Tokyo, there's a museum that had a Hello Kitty exhibition. Oh on yeah. Like a, on I don't know, like maybe a 30 year tip, like a an anniversary exhibition of like all of these ways in which Hello Kitty was, you know, like leveraged as a, as a property. And I think it was kind of a... to soften the blow of communism. <laughs> and I think it was the first time I was clued into the idea that like, Oh, there was like Hello Kitty, like motor oil and Hello Kitty, uh, you know, vibrators and Hello Kitty tarot cards. And I, I just turned around and reapplied the same concept to like, what if like Lisa Frank didn't white knuckle their, their IP? (laughs) Like, what if, what if, um, what if I could just make this, this deck of tarot cards, make this product brand it completely like I put their logo on the corner of every card and just shipped it out and like (laughs) kind of the idea was that like it would get traced back to me in a way like I would found I would share like some found object and it would just kind of get around but it got a little out of hand because I ended up giving away the deck for free
1: yeah so Basically what happened from what I understand is that it was just kind of getting, it went viral and then I guess kind of started getting ripped left and right and people were selling it and creating their own. So you just kind of released the PDF after you gave up, right? Kind of right. fighting it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, like it it was years before that happened though. It was like four years because like for a while it was just kind of circulated And people printed it out and they printed out holographic versions and they printed out mini versions. And it was kind of fun and it was like well shared. And then like last year, like many years after it had been out, uh, people started like selling it really heavily on Etsy. And um, like, I don't know, like their own kind of square spaces and stuff. And like I, it was like last year was maybe the first time I'd seen an advertisement for my own work in my sponsored ads on Facebook, right? Like my own work being sold back to me. And it kind That's of so felt jarring. Like this is out of control This, <laughs> I've made a mistake. And I think everybody wants to come down on me and be like, well, why didn't you protect this? And it was like, because it, I didn't belong to me. So it's not something, mm-hmm. they're like, why didn't you license it from Lisa Frank? Because they charge obscene licensing fees. And it was a piece of fan art that I didn't want to have to pay tens of thousands of dollars, you know, to even like partner with them about, and it was also really off brand for them. Like it wasn't something that was the point, right? Like it yeah. was that it was supposed to be subversive and like something that didn't fit into their like sticker stationary <laughs> line <laughs> <of> books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like notebooks for little girls and also like the dark arts. And that was what was so <laughs> upsetting about it.
1: I mean, it, it is genius, but I think it also kind of sent a message to them that they needed to loosen up a little bit.
2: I, did, I feel like did, did it. <laughs> I did. mean,
1: it did to some degree. I guess we could talk a little bit about the controversy going on with Lisa Frank, which, um, if you you know, if any of our listeners weren't aware, there's this really great artist called Studio Mucci who has this amazing uh, apartment in downtown LA, and they were about to get like like evicted from their apartment um, around the same time that a Lisa Frank hotel popped up and the building like across the street owned by the same owner and the entire interior was ripped off from hers and it was a Lisa Frank hotel.
2: And it seems like it, they almost have a habit of doing things. Really like the Studio Mochi thing, the, the nail in the coffin and that was like the BLM statement, Lisa Frank made a BLM statement about Studio Moochie. And they said like, Hey, while we're here, like Black Lives Matter. Also, we want to talk about this artist who said that we ripped them off. (gasps) Did you see this?
0: What? It's, It's still,
2: it's still up there. So if you'll notice right now, Lisa Frank is not my portfolio anymore. Like it's not on my Instagram anymore. I've really, really been tearing it out. Like I'm really like distancing myself from this because it was a super ugly like they didn't address it for a really long time and -hmm. then when they did it was really gross like it was really bad and there was a moment too with like your your tiger king
1: lisa frank tribute art which i feel like obviously tongue-in-cheek um a a known animal abuser (laughs) done cutified next to like an actual lisa frank um tiger and they had posted that also without your credit. Right. Which was a whole saga within itself because they got called out on it. And eventually they did tag you.
2: <sighs> yeah. And that was that, like, that was, that was a part of it. It was just like, all right, I I like am going to like, I'm going there like a unmarked van is going to pull up and like <laughs> take me away if I keep doing this to Lisa Frank. <laughs> yeah. And this is like, Their lawyer had already been in contact with me prior to that. Like I was kind of working with them a little bit to get people to stop selling it because that's their job also. I was like, this Mm -hmm. is also maybe your job to like keep people from like bootlegging our shit. (laughs) I'm getting in bed with you. And then uh yeah, and then and then they were like, get out of bed. Like, got it. (laughs) Oh my god, are you are you Julia Robertson
1: sleep with an enemy? So hot. um but yeah then with with the, the tiger cane thing taking off too that was all over like mugs and shirts and
2: i felt a little bit less about that right like it's like I'd, it was kind of the second go round. but yeah there was like a the beer company that printed it on its cans within 24 hours like it was just like it went a little further and it also like clued me in to like man, this is art on the internet. This is capitalism. This is this desperation. It was so like, it was so much faster how it happened. And I was like, wow, I hate, I hate posting art on the internet. Like, I hate, absolutely, I hate this. And like, obviously I've seen this happen to everyone. You know, it's like, it's getting to a point where it's like, I I remember I sent an email out to Beeple, <laughs> oddly enough, like Beeple's like a daily, a daily CG artist. Okay. And I remember like at the height of my frustration with the tarot cards being kind of like sold, I was like, How do you manage like people taking your work and just like, you know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, he releases like the the source files for what he does, you know, for anyone to kind of utilize. And people mm-hmm. rip them off all the time. Like it's just like I found, but he's also making work every day, right? And it's like if you are the source from which it comes from, like, what fear do you have? You know, people can emulate you only in your last step in this, in this right. way. And like, in his attitude, it's very much that like, you just have to keep making work. You'll always do it first. Right. And you'll always do the next thing. Like you, you know what I mean? Like you can always kind of push off from that and like make the next evolution. Whereas like, the people emulating you will likely just be left behind on that last step. It's, it's great advice. It's like wonderful to hear, but it's also really, I'm not making work every day. I make two good things a year (laughs) (laughs) and then I have to like rest. (laughs) I feel that. Do you,
1: do you have any thoughts on how people can do a better job supporting the small artists and those, and those circumstances or what we can do to uplift them?
2: What's been helpful to me uh is just like, man, people like your fans like love to tattle, you know, like, and so it's like, I, I get really stressed out when people are like, you need to do something about this. Someone has put this on a t-shirt on Zazzle and like, I don't, I don't care. Like Lisa <laughs> Frank, Lisa Frank will come get that ass. Like I'm not yeah. too worried about it, but it helps like when I see in the comments, like people like tagging me and crediting me like Mm -hmm. that's like that makes me feel really good that makes me feel really supported and like people will like it will kind of work itself out it means that i don't have to go and fight every little battle um you know like you know all the obvious stuff like you know buy you know buy the artwork for your friends for gifts for the holidays and like you know donate and just comment yeah 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 boost the algorithm like comment yeah. and share and you know all that um I definitely got my tattling
1: miles in with you I, every time I spot your work so goddamn much <laughs> and I like to send it to you but it is kind of heartwarming because it feels like a grassroots movement when you see people in the comments you know shouting you out and asking you know and almost peer pressuring them to tag you like it's almost an advertisement within itself. Like, it's going to get traced
2: back to you at some point. Sure. And like yeah, and so I don't, I don't really... And I also, like, have, like, really released that because it's like, that's not my bread and butter. Like, uh, luckily, I mean, like, I'm really uh, lucky to not have to make money off of, like, making art on Instagram it would it would kill me it would really I really don't it's know if fun. I could, it's really you know what i mean like it's really like i i work in advertising and that's like its own thing like i do actually genuinely have a hobby in like making gifts and stickers uh and and cards and enamel pins and stuff like that and so i can like it's a little bit of a a mental exercise but like people people will know it's me you know i mean like what am i giving Mm -hmm. up like what is the fear right like what are people really taking from me when they post something of mine without credit like
1: yeah but i i mean it is good to draw awareness to that too is that it's it's better if you want to post something it's better to do your research and find who
2: the fuck made it before you post it yeah but i mean and do i always do that like when i'm when i'm shit posting like You know what I mean? Like and that's the thing when like I'm like you know, posting memes to a small audience or to my story or whatever. It's like how free I am. It's like great, I have a captive audience of a thousand people and like I don't have no one we don't have to worry about where i got this where i got this illicit meme so you're um, saying you're fat jewish you're just stealing yeah. things and reposting it as and just and just being like yeah i made all of this uh and you know and it's like the the assumption is that like that i didn't make any of it <laughs> I, I can keep that Absolutely. kind of silo of like these are all things i made these are all things i definitely <laughs> i stole from other uh, <laughs> other websites uh and then Never the twain shall meet. I won't put them on coffee mugs. And, you know, let's let's uh, let it be. It's like very baseline
1: good person. Just don't fucking right. do that. Just,
2: yeah. Just run of the mill, like, like just neutral person. Is it for funsies or is it for gamesies? <laughs> for that's, gamesies. How you, that's how you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, oh man, yeah, people are really desperate for money. You know, it's the type of thing where it's like, yeah, I don't know if it's if it's gonna help you make make rent, like house housewife in Illinois to like put this image on a coffee mug on cafe press, like <sighs> can you really be that <laughs> bad? <laughs> yeah, you got to
1: be careful because eventually you'll be the Lisa Frank unmarked fan.
2: Don't <laughs> <laughs> we you gotta draw become, the line? do we all become the Lisa Frank at some point? We um, do. <laughs>
1: Damn it! I something I do admire about you, especially when it comes to like the Tiger King incident is how current you are you are really good at resonating with millennials and gen z in particular and you found your niche poking fun at pop culture is -hmm. there a formula to that or do the ideas just pop into your head like oh shit this is terrible people will love it yeah
2: um that's really it. and that one was in particular it was just like something i had run by a friend in the morning i was like you know what i could do this it would take me two hours uh, it, you know, and I posted it on my personal Facebook. That was the thing too. I posted on my personal like art page that has on Facebook that has a thousand people. I posted on the Instagram that has like at the time, 2k followers. And then like within the day, Lisa Frank had posted it and was like, I don't know. We didn't know where it came from. <laughs> it was so responsible. Like, you know what I mean? Like it went, it just goes so fast when it's, you know, when it's good, it's just like, it comes out really quickly. All the stuff I work on for a long time is like the stuff that just doesn't go anywhere. It's really sad. Do you, do you feel like more spontaneous about it too. Like,
1: yeah. do, do you, there isn't any moments where you really plot out, like, no. yeah. No,
2: not at all. And that's the thing where it's like that Grim Reaper on a Unicorn image is like, was like a commission I did for a client. Like, they asked for you know a couple for me to draw a couple images that would look good on t shirts and I showed that to them as a rough sketch, and they were <laughs> like, "No, nah, we're not interested and then I was like, "No nah, i'm going to finish it, and I finish it and they came back, and they were like, whoa, <laughs> wait a second <laughs> and by that time it had already been i mean it had already been pretty widely shared, and i wouldn't I wouldn't sell it back because I knew that I would make more keeping it yeah." Absolutely, um, in that case, and that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I don't know if I would have done it on my own. And it was like for a death brand; it was for you know, it was for a very specific clients. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so where I get kind of hung up on, I, I I understand it in concept, but maybe you could understand you can explain it a little bit better. Is this idea of imagined project products like things that don't actually exist? I think the closest thing that I've seen to something like that is like there's a page on Facebook called Worst Buys and it's just like troll foods, like orange juice that's flavored with to- mint toothpaste. Sure. But, but you actually do like 3D renderings of things like the poly Pockets. Sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, I love all of those, like those food mock-ups of like Hot Pockets with bees in them or whatever. Yes. Like that <laughs> stuff. That's very much what that touches on is that that's a particular interest. And so when it comes to actually working in marketing and advertising new products that I think are really cool, it really, it taps into that same kind of imagination, right? Like how can you make this just seem a little wilder than it is?
1: Yeah. And I just like, I cannot, I think Cynthia might've been one of the first people I showed your divine poly pocket to, the poop shaped like it's just so <laughs> genius I don't know how like I, I I really want you to get like a MacArthur genius grant to make all <laughs> of these things into
2: reality it would make my light like, my whole life oh god I think that would be great it's, that's the thing is that it happens so quickly that like somebody else because I google you know I'll google like mm, pink flamingos poly pocket you know I try to like figure out if it exists in what form and to what level it exists already. And by the time you put it out there, somebody will make it, you know what I mean? Like that's how totally. quickly... it's like, it's like porn, right?
1: So you've had a lot of office jobs and you worked as a freelance artist as well. And one of which was casting animators for one of my favorite shows on Hulu right now, Cake. What are the biggest differences between what you do for a living and your passion projects? And I think you kind of
2: answered this a little bit, but how do they in more detail overlap? The biggest difference between what I do for a living and passion projects is that like, I don't have to bring like, for what I do for a living, I am really good at like, taking an assignment, like taking an idea or a project or, you know, like, hey, we need to have this type of team for the project. Like I'm really good at realizing animation for a company. So companies often bring me in to build teams, to source animators uh, as freelancers, to like connect them with the right people for like their projects. Mm -hmm. And that could be long-term or short-term. I'm really great. and, And that's a puzzle, right? Like I'm really great at kind of puzzling that together for someone else. I don't, in my own work... That doesn't exist right like I you know and my my own work is so much more you know about like illustration or like it is so much more of that like introverted kid <laughs> kind of art making process you know, and that's like uh, for companies like a lot of advertising is like we want something that looks like kind of a a a a blank version of this a a a classier version of uh NFL sports or like a, (laughs) um, more winterized version of like a jungle scene or something. It's usually like recycling two ideas and putting them together. And in my own work, I'm able to kind of just see, I, I guess my, my professional work helps me see holes in the market. And so I'm also able to see what type of shows don't exist yet. Like there aren't a lot of shows that are made by black women about black women for adults you know like yeah things like and like i can see that in festivals i can see that on television and yeah i don't know uh, i don't know if that answered your question <laughs> cake. no i think it did and and <laughs> as you can see it in
1: cake too like the casting and that's perfect the animation it's so it's such a fun blend of things
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm really proud of the work that we've been doing there. And like the work that I do in particular is just finding the animators that make just these really short interstitial pieces that glue the show together. Um, and it's been really fun to be able, and I can, I can work with people all over the world and I can work with people, you know, it's like one of the rare opportunities. Usually when I'm sourcing animators, I'm, I'm really, I'm really limited to the U S so it's been really cool to be able to kind of expand that.
1: I'd like to talk about what I get out of it when you're successful. <laughs> um, I get to point, I get to share articles about you and then point, I can't, it's really hard to point to it when you're online, but I'm, 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 I'm like directing people to it. <laughs> I'm like, guys, guys, my friend Ariel, did you see this? That was my friend Ariel. <laughs> it's Thanks. my favorite and if you if you start failing and you take that from me i will take you in an unmarked fan <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: i will not stand for that um, just to, to put a pretty little bow on this interview okay got some real fun questions a little quirky girl little, <laughs> i'm not like the other interviewers <laughs> questions um tell me about your favorite fast food order
2: I yeah I guess I love wow I feel like it's a really <laughs> unpopular opinion but I I do love like an Arby's roast beef sandwich like an Arby's five for five hell yeah uh, I, I yeah and I like to go I like I usually just end up going to Arby's and like in Hollywood alone with like the big <laughs> kind of like historically protected sign and like eating my you know eating my share of curly fries and five for five recipe sandwiches that's probably it it feels like such a like introverted secret <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. taco bell is for the boys like we can all yeah. go out and like get a taco like no one's mm. coming with me to arby's man i'm that's coming it. with you to arby's
1: <laughs> i'm gonna have like a that's gonna be my death wish trip where like what would really like take me out with my Crohn's arby's for make sure
2: a w- make-a-wish we have the meat crones
1: trip Maybe they we have the we have the coffins to put here afterwards. Oh my god, you you could dip my corpse or (laughs) juge.
2: I love that for me. Is that how you say it? I have no idea, but I'm 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 right on board. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, What are you bad at? Uh lots of things. Uh I know I'm bad at lots of things. I'm bad at bad at communication. I'm bad at, I'm bad at taking criticism. I can. like...
1: What's your favorite word? Um. <laughs> You're like so audibly annoyed by my
0: questions.
2: Why can't I think of a single word right now? I'm, I'm so dumb. <laughs> Chlorophyll. <laughs> Perfect. All right,
1: Ariel Hart. You wonderful, wonderful person.
2: Where can we find you? I'm at ArielHeart.com. I'm at ArielHeart.gif on Instagram. Uh, ArielHeart on Twitter, but I'm not actually there. Uh, That's (laughs) it. Oh, and on Etsy. I'm on Etsy at Store.
1: Yes. Oh, my God. Cynthia's going to load up on those enamel pins. I just know (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so uh, glad you came so on letting me to this. I appreciate it.: Thank you so much to our guest, Ariel Hart. What a fucking delight! Check out our website mastersoftheobvious.com for new episodes, news and merch, our Instagram at Masters of the Obvious, Facebook at Masters of the and Twitter at masters of the O. And if you'd like to be a patron of our show, you can go to contribute.mastersoftheobvious.com and if you'd like We'll even mention you on the show. But if you want to remain anonymous, we understand. We don't want to be associated with us either. Please don't forget to leave a glowing review on Apple Podcasts and to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you for listening. And we love you, like, a lot.
2: Boot it boot the doot doo comics.